reaching underneath Lock the seat right, you want these books right, right here, one of these red song books. And we're going to turn to number 67. Number 67. At Calvary. Let's sing it out good and strong. Years I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified. Knowing not it was for me, he died on Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned. Then I trembled at the law I spurned, till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free, pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Now I've given to Jesus everything. Now I gladly own him as my king. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to man. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Pardon there was multiplied to me. There my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary. Amen. As I come to take up the offering, just remain standing just a moment with me. And uh, are there any prayer requests this morning? You got prayer requests you want to mention? Have us pray for it. Somebody, anybody? Well, amen. Guest offering man this morning. Huh? Oh yes. Right. Yeah, remember that. Remember that family in prayer. Family of Rick Crumb. Um, any others? Yes. Keep that prayer with the surgery. Absolutely. Absolutely. Less pain as it can be. Absolutely. <laughs> Pray some of that meanness gets out of him, too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, okay. James got a stitches and stuff in her leg. Mm, okay. Well, I know that. It's been quite the journey. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. We sure will. Anybody else? Yes. Yep. Her dad overdid it and he ain't in good shape anyway. Uh, anybody else before we pray? Y'all remember to pray for my friend, Brother Wally Langford? Um, I know there's others. God knows who they are. I'll just have to say I'm sorry. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else?
feel free. I mean, that's why we're here. We're here to call on God and talk to Him. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Y'all, y'all, y'all remember to pray for the for the man who trusted Christ on Friday when Jackson and I were out, and also for the man that was that close and didn't. So pray for their pray for them that number one that, and and by the way the one I the one I led Christ he said he he said you know I'm liable to visit y'all for too long so I'm praying that he will I'm gonna go back and see him again I ain't gonna just leave him I'm gonna go back and visit him again um, yeah pray for that family pray for both of them anything else well let me just share something real quick I, I know I, let me just you know I wear this little microphone on Sunday morning and. And most of y'all know what we're doing, but, you know, we broadcast uh, the message every week that we can, that we're able to. We broadcast it, and it goes out over the Internet, goes all over the world. And uh, we were just sitting there looking at some of the stats on it this morning, and we're getting an average of about 300 listens per week. That's a lot of people listening to this little old church service here every Sunday morning. And that's an average per week. And it used to not be there. I mean, it used to be maybe five, ten, twenty-five. We're up to we're up to three hundred. I expect it to grow from there because people say, "Hey, you ought to listen to this." You know, it just it just grows exponentially from there. So, just know that we're we're actually accomplishing something, and we are reaching people, and and the, that the money that goes into it goes somewhere. Uh, I just uh, let's see what else was it. Next Sunday, next Sunday will be uh, Fellowship Sunday, and so. Come planning to eat, and if you want others to eat, bring some food with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we need we need to. Uh, I guess have we decided what we're having? Have y'all worked that out? Okay, everybody, don't bring spaghetti. <laughs> I don't know how much Italian there is, but 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 yeah, it'll, I look forward to it. We'll have a good, we'll have a good time next Sunday. Uh, it's Father's Day, and I want to say Happy Father's Day to all the dads in here this morning. I ain't gonna treat y'all as good as I did the moms and old flowers to hand out and all that. But I know. I used hey I, I used, when I didn't have very many I'd buy them a pocket knife, but y'all took that's too many of you. <laughs> but but anyway, I just want to say thank God for daddies. Um, mine was tough. He was coarse. He was just like eighty grit sandpaper a lot of the time. But I thank God for it because I ain't scared of nobody because I had the toughest dude in the world raise me. So he, he taught me not to fear any man. So I, I'm thankful for, for my dad. I'm thankful I'm thankful for everything he did for me. But I, I tell you, I'm thankful for my grandfathers. They made more of an impact in my life than my dad ever did. And uh, and they taught me how to be, how to walk with God. They, they showed me. I say, they, I say they taught me. They tried to teach me, but uh, what they taught me kicked in years later. And uh, one day I just woke up and realized they were right. Amen. Y'all remember that moment when you realized, hey, them folks taught me. They was right. They wasn't lying. It's it's amazing that epiphany you have when you get a little years and wisdom on you. But I just thank God for 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 a dad. And I I said uh, on Mother's Day, you know that that love that a mother has, you know that that's God given and God driven. Uh, God puts that tender care that a mother shows toward her children into her but he also puts that protective nature into a dad he also puts that wisdom into a dad and thank god for godly wisdom thank god for for uh for the 
the desire to protect, the desire to share and pass on the things that we've learned to save the next generation from the woes we had to go through. And I just thank God. I thank God for the godly men who've helped me along the way. Um, I thank God for the men of God who've, who've guided me in the ministry. Uh, because nobody, you know, I learned something a long time ago. Every one of us, we start off in this world with, with no knowledge. We have nothing. We don't know anything. We don't even know how to feed ourselves. Everything that we become is, an, is a mixture of everybody who's influenced us. Everybody in this room, you're a mixture of everybody that's influenced you throughout your life. So make sure you got the right people influencing you because it makes all the difference in the world. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to meet with us today. I'm going to ask you to lead us in prayer, brother. Will you? Number 113, let's sing Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above. Echoes of mercy, whispers of love. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. 
This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Praise God. Amen. I've got assurance because I know that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He said so in his word, praise God. 136, 136. More about Jesus would I know. More about Jesus would I know. More of his grace to others show. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus. Let me learn. More of his holy will discern. Spirit of God, my teacher, be showing the things of Christ to me. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus on his throne. Riches in glory, all his own. Spirit of God, my team. More of his coming, Prince of Peace. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness. More of his love who died for me. Y'all just going to break down a higher song later, I guess. I don't know. I do it once a week. I'll jump verses. Uh, amen. Well, can't blame you, amen. I get to thinking about it. Turn to number 19, folks. Turn to number 19. Save, save, save. Amen. Praise God. I found a friend who is all to me. His love is ever true. I'd love to tell how he lifted me and what his grace can do for you. Say by his power divine, say to new life sublime, Life now is sweet and my joy is complete For I'm saved, saved, saved He saves me from every sin and harm Secures my soul each day I'm leaning strong on his mighty arm I know he'll guide me all the way saved by his power divine 
divine, saved to new life sublime. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete for I'm saved, saved, saved. When poor and needy and all alone in love he said to me, come unto me and I'll lead you home to live with me eternally. Saved by his power divine, saved to new life sublime. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete for I'm saved, saved, saved. God. Amen. It's settled. Amen. Forever and ever and evermore. And I'm on my way to heaven. Amen. Praise God. Not because of a thing I did, but because of everything Christ has done for me. Amen. We was leaving out of here last Sunday morning. Miss Miss Neil Cheney stopped and she said, I wish you'd sing a song, she told me, and I said, well, I'll do it for her this weekend. So this is for Miss Nell this morning. It's for you too, amen.
And someday on the outstand, there my home shall be Love 
one another. Let's, now let's read the whole thing down to verse 17. Let's start back at verse 1. Jesus said there, he said, I am the vine, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman or the gardener. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now are you clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Don't miss these next words. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that your joy, my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I come before your throne of mercy this morning. Lord, I ask for power. Lord, I know that there's nothing in my flesh that's any good. Lord, I can't preach without you. You said so right there in verse 5. Without me, you can do nothing. So I come before your throne. I put myself, I throw myself on your mercy, and I beg you for the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost to preach the word of God today in power. Lord God, I'm here for your purpose. I'm your vessel. Lord, take hold of me. Fill me up and pour me out for these people. Lord, I pray you give them hearts, minds, and understanding to receive and to apply the message. Father God, may we come today and just understand just how much you love us and just what you expect in the relationship that you have with us. Father God, I just thank you so much that you're not a distant, faraway God that we can't communicate with. No, Lord, you said you, that we're your friends, and, and Lord, you're our friends. What a treasure that is. What a privilege that is. Help us to understand it now. Help us to receive from it. Help us to live by it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for dying for our sins. Thank you for paying our sin debt. Lord, we love you now. We'll thank you ahead for what you're going to do. In Christ's name we ask these things, and for his sake, amen.
Amen. He said, ye are my friends. I thank God that I am Jesus' friend. But he said, but notice, I want you to notice that next word. He said, if. That's a big word right there. It's just two letters, but that's a big word. He said, ye are my friends, if. If you do whatsoever I command you. Now, I'll be honest with you. When I read that, if all I do is read that one verse, I step back and I go, now, wait a minute. We're only friends if, if I just follow you around and do everything you say. If you just read that by itself, you don't understand what all he's saying. He said, you're my friends. You're my friends. And I got to thinking about that, folks. Now, and then again over in 17, he said, these things I command you. But he said, we're his friends. In verse 15, he said, I have called you friends. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be friends with Jesus. Amen? I I want Jesus to be good to me. Amen? I want the Lord's blessing in my life. I want God's favor poured out on my life. I don't know if any, maybe somebody here is more, I don't care if I get it or not. Well, I feel sorry for you if that's the way you feel. But I would dare say if you're in here this morning or if you're listening to me this morning and you have come to a point in your life where you realize you were a lost sinner and you called upon Jesus Christ, you asked him for salvation, you trusted him, you turned to him with your whole whole heart and soul and said, Lord, save me, and you've been washed in his blood, you've been cleansed and forgiven, I dare say you'd be okay with being Jesus' friend. Amen? I, I, I want you to understand... Jesus is not putting an undue burden on you. He's not putting something heavier on you than he would than he would carry himself. I think a lot of this has to do with verse 13 where he said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. What a love he had for us, that he would go to Calvary, that he would allow men to treat him the way he was treated. I mean, to to horrifically destroy his body and then nail him to that cross and for him to suffer for us. Not just, he didn't suffer for himself. He suffered for mine and your rotten, filthy, dirty, despicable sins. He paid that debt for me and you. That's why he's our friend. I mean, I've got good friends, again, but none of them would have done that for me, and none of them could have done that for me. I got to thinking about that word friends, and so I may have got a little bit off track from where we're, from how we're handling this, but I started looking up, well, what defines a friend? I just, my mind got on that track, and I said, I'm going I'm to really dig and, and see what's out there, and let's just see what, what, what the world says a friend is, and and I looked at several I looked at several websites and the the things they list. Some said there was ten factors. Some said there was thirty six factors. Some said there was this or that. I come down to eight, and I said I think I'll deal with that one. And uh, and so I got to looking at what defines a friend. And this, these are eight defining characteristics of a best friend. Number one, they know you. They know you. Ain't no secrets. I mean, they know what you're thinking before it comes out of your mouth. If it's a best friend, 
you, all you have to do is start talking about it. They know exactly what you're talking about. I, now, now, me and my brother, that we're that way. Uh, my wife laughs. She said me and him sit there and grunt and make noises at each other and have a conversation. Nobody else knows what we're talking about. I mean, that's, that, that's closeness. And that's the way best friends are. <laughs> but let me tell you something about the Lord. He said in Jeremiah 1 to Jeremiah in chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 4 through 8, he said, it said, then, came, then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, or I, I set you apart for myself. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. I gave you the authority and the power to do what I wanted you to do before you ever came into this world. Then said I, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I'm a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I'm a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Now, Je- now, now, now Jeremiah didn't get mad. He said, What do you mean, command me? No, he just, Yes, Lord, amen. Amen. Why? Because the Lord's his friend. And he said, Whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. And he said to him, he said, be not afraid of their faces. Don't worry about them. Hey, he says, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. I've got your back. You see, God knows us. God knows every fear we have. God knows every doubt we have. God knows all our faults and all our flaws. And yet, in spite of all that, he loves us. He wants us to draw ever nearer to him get closer to him and closer to him and closer and never say, well, I'm close enough now. No, I, I want to be closer to you, Lord. I mean, I listen, we've been married We've been married going on 10 years, me and Stephanie. And in those 10 years, I have come to know her a lot closer than I did when we first got married. She's come to know me a lot closer than she did when we first got married. Yesterday, she wrote a really sweet uh, thing and put it on Facebook talking about uh, me as a daddy and all this and how much she loved me and all that. And I appreciate all that. It's good when somebody knows you and they appreciate who you are. Well, you know what? Jesus knows all about you. He knows, listen to me, you know what Jesus knows about you? He knows what you can be. He knows what you don't even know. He knows what he can do with your life if you'll let him. If you'll just follow his commandments, he knows the victories you can win. He knows the mountains you can climb. He knows the people that you can help. He knows the people that can be saved if you'll follow him and, and love others instead of us spending our life in, in this, in this little, little cubicle with blinders on only being concerned with us because that's the way of man. All I need is me. All I need is, is what I got right here, and everybody else is leave me alone. I'm going to take care of number one. That's the world's ideology. That's the world's philosophy. But that's not God's philosophy. The Lord says, come to me. Hey, I know you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to help you. And if you'll get next to me, I, I know what you can be. I know what you can do. So, like I said, number one, there's that, there's that knowledge. But number two, there's, there's honesty. There's honesty. I mean, a best friend, you've got to be honest with each other. You don't, you, don't, you don't lie to each other when you're best friends. Your best friend's going to tell you the truth always, even if it hurts. Why? Because they're your best friend, and they care about you. Amos 3.3, 3, the Bible says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? got to be honest with each other. You know, part of, part of my relationship with God is confessing my sins 
confessing my faults, say, coming to him and saying, I messed up. I did wrong. I, I, I sinned against you, and I need forgiveness. That's honesty on our part toward him. But you know what? Christ will be honest with you. He's honest all the way through these 66 books. Amen. God doesn't pull any punches. Somebody said, hey, you know, that's God. God wrote that book. One bunch of men wrote that book because man wouldn't have talked so bad about himself. Man would have painted a whole lot better picture of himself. God tells the truth. That's why so many people don't want to read this book because they don't like God telling them the truth. Amen. They want somebody to sugarcoat it and tell them they're better than they are. But there's honesty. Numbers twenty three nineteen. the Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and has, shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and, has she, and shall he not make it good? God's not going to tell us stories. God's not going to puff us up and make us believe we're something we're not. God's going to tell you the honest truth. And that's what I want. Amen? I want somebody to tell me honestly the truth. When you have a best friend, yeah, they, they, they know you inside and out, and, and there's honesty. But number three, there's also humor. Friends laugh together. You say, how are you going to wrap that around with Jesus? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know about y'all, but I find funny things in the Bible. There are funny things. God, is, God has a sense of humor. You may not think he does. Uh, me and Mama were talking about this years ago, and, and she told me, and you probably don't even remember this, but she said, if you ever doubt that God has a sense of humor, sit and listen to a, a donkey braying sometime. Look, watch, go to the zoo and watch the monkeys for a while if you don't think God has a sense of humor. But you know there's stories in the Bible. There's things in the Bible, little things. I just, I just, pulled, up, I just pulled up a couple things, but, but one, thing I, one thing that jumped out at me, Acts 12, 12 through 15, Peter was in jail, and God opened up everything, and the stuff fell off of him. Doors opened up, and he walked out. Somebody said, well, he should have obeyed the law of the land. Well, no, he, sometimes God's for civil disobedience, amen. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So Peter walks out of the jail, and he walks out, and, he, and he's, he's going through the town, passing through there. And, I mean, he's supposed to be in jail, but, you know, but, but the Bible uh, but the Bible said after he figured out God had must have freed him, it said when he considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. So he's at John Mark's house, where many were gathered together praying. This is, this is after the re- resurrection of Jesus. This is, I mean, and... and, and the Bible says, and Peter knocked at the door of the gate. So, I mean, he's outside. There's a gate shut, a property. I'm sure there's a wall around the place. And he's, he's and the Bible said, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda, a little girl, a young girl named Rhoda. She run down there, and the Bible said, and when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness but ran in. She left him standing outside. She ran in and said, Peter's out there! Peter's out there! And look what they said. They said, Thou art mad. You're crazy, girl. You lost your mind. Well, you know why? I think why they said she was crazy. Well, where is he? <laughs> he's, a, he's out. Well, where's he at? She didn't let him in. I find that funny. Amen. Hebrews eleven twelve. the Bible, talking about the heroes of faith, talking about Abraham. It said, therefore, sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead. Don't you know Abraham read that a time or two and said, Lord. 
I mean, God said, you saw old man, you're good as dead. Amen. I mean, that's, that's, that's humor. God's using humor in the Bible. Amen. Proverbs fifteen thirteen. a merry heart. Make up a cheerful countenance. A merry heart. That's somebody who likes to laugh. It said in Proverbs seventeen twenty two, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I believe Jesus laughed. You think about you think about the the, the uh, illustrations that the Lord used. I mean, he said, "Y'all, whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones." He used colorful language that make people go, "What?" I mean, he, he used humor. Amen. You may not can see it, but I guarantee you those saw it. Those that heard it thought it was funny. But God's God's not so serious that He doesn't ever laugh. Amen. God God laughs. He laughs at the wicked. He mocks the wicked. Amen. I think about Elijah on Mount Carmel. Remember what he said about Baal? Is he sleeping? Maybe he's off on a journey. Maybe you need to wake him up. He was mocking him. There's humor there. God, God, God doesn't want us to be miserable in our Christian life. Can I tell you that? Look here. Christian life is to be enjoyed. It's not to be endured with your teeth gritted. Amen? You're supposed to enjoy being a Christian. Amen? There's joy. The Bible says it's overflowing joy. So there's humor when you have a best friend. There's also generosity. Best friends are generous with each other. They're always willing to help one another out. If you need something, I got it, you can have it. Amen? Because you're my best friend. I'd do anything in the world for you. Luke 15, 22 through 24, the Bible says, But the Father said unto his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on. It's the prodigal son. Bring forth the best robe. Put it on him put a ring on his hand, shoes on his feet. Now, this boy walked up in dirty, stinking, filthy, tattered clothes, matted hair probably, dirt all on him, covered in dirt. He'd been in a hog pen feeding hogs and been on his hands and knees trying to eat out of a hog trough, stuff that he couldn't even digest because he had done wasted everything that the father gave him. He took it and basically with, with, with despising his father said, I don't want to be around you in this crowd in this house no more. I'm sick of this. I'm going off to find my own way. Well, do it my way, not your way no more. Tired of you telling me what to do. That's the way he left. Went off to town, found a bunch of whores and a bunch of, a bunch of rowdy boys, and I mean, they parted and parted and parted till the money's all gone. Wound up in that hog pen. And like the old preacher said, he came to himself, he dropped the pail, he jumped the rail, and he hit the trail. Amen. He said, I know where I'm going. I'm going home. But father, when the father saw him coming up the driveway, what did he say? There comes that nasty, bad-mouthed boy. I'll tell you what, he better not come up in here talking that junk again. I'll scuff him up and send him on his way. No, he didn't say that. There was generosity. Bring forth the best robe. The best one. Don't you get that one got a hole in it. Get the best one. Put it on him put a ring on his hand to let everybody know that he belongs here, that he's my son. I wear this ring up here. Let me tell you something. I didn't buy that. That's my grandpa's. Amen. Listen, I inherited that. I thank God for that. That represents something to me. It represents that, hey, that, that, that's where I came from. 
That's who raised me. That, uh, that's, that's part of who invested in who I am today. And listen, that's, that's the way that ring, that's what that ring signified to that boy when he came back home. Listen, I, I, I left you behind, but today, I'm back. I'm back. Father said, I don't care if you left. I don't care that you broke my heart. That's not the point. The point is, you're here. Kill the fatted calf. Let's eat. Let's have a barbecue. Let's have a good time. He's home. He's home. And the Bible said they began. He said, this was my, my son was dead, and he's alive again. He's lost, he's found, and they began to be married. God wants to be generous to me and you. God, and I'm not a prosperity preacher. I'm not telling you if you serve God, you'll be rich. But let me tell you, there's more generosity in this world than money. Amen? God is generous in his love. God is generous in his favor. God wants to pour out his blessings on you. If. You keep his commandments. That if is that big word there. First Peter 1, 3 and 4, talking about there's generosity. The Bible said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, he's got way more than you've got problems. Way more mercy than you've got troubles. He hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. God said, I've got more than you could ever imagine. The Bible said, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither has entered into the hearts of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. There's more generosity than you've got a place to hold it. That's how God wants to love on you. That's really how God wants to love on you. You said, what keeps him from it? You. Sin. Number five, there's trust in a, with a best friend. There's trust. You know you can count on them. They ain't going to never turn it back on you. Second Timothy 2, 11 through 13, the Bible said, It's a faithful saying, If we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him... He will also deny us if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Now listen to what that just said. If we be dead with him. Now that don't mean we're dead, our bodies are dead. It means if we lay our life. He said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. He's literally talking about laying his life down and going to the cross. But we can take that and apply that as us saying, you know what, instead of me chasing my dreams and doing what I want to do my whole life and being selfish, I'm going to do what I can to help you a long way because you're my friend. That's laying your life down. There's trust. God says, if you lay your life down for others, if you'll trust me and do what I said, if we be dead with him, if we, if we die. Paul talks about, he said, I die daily. Now, you can't die over and over and over every day. No, but what's he talking about? He, every day I get up, I have to say, Paul's desires are dead. I want to fulfill Christ's desires today. If we be dead with him, he said, trust me. If you if you if you if you lay your life down every day for me, I'll I will live through you, and you will experience life abundantly. You can't experience life abundantly unless you let Christ take over. Abundant life doesn't come from us. 
Abundant life doesn't come from this world. Abundant life can't come from anybody else in this world. Marriage, we talk about marriage this morning. Marriage is wonderful, but your wife cannot give you abundant life. Your husband cannot give you abundant life. Even though y'all are the sweetest marriage that's ever been, you cannot receive it from them. It has to come from God. He said if we, if, if, if we suffer, nobody wants to suffer, but you know what? Living in this world, if you're going to be a Christian, people are going to talk bad about you. People are going to be rude to you. People are going to be ugly. It's not because they don't like you. It's because they don't want to submit to Christ. He said, but if that happens, guess what? Listen, I, I've seen everything, and trust me, I'm going to reward you for it. You're going to reign with me. He said, if we deny him, He'll deny us. That doesn't mean he won't let us into heaven if we're his child. But if we if we start living selfishly and we don't live for Christ, listen, when we get to heaven, it ain't going to be as blessed as if it would, would have been had you followed him and obeyed his commandments. Heaven will be a whole lot more blessed for those who are obedient down here on earth to Christ. Because, listen, I don't want to get up there and him say, why didn't you obey me? You said you loved me. Why didn't you obey me? Why didn't you love anybody else for my sake? Why didn't you share my gospel with anybody else? Did you not care if they went to hell or not? I don't want Christ to look at me like that. But if we believe, listen to that, if we believe not, it doesn't mean if we're not saved, because he's talking to believers here. Understand this. Second Timothy is written to believers. He said, but if we believe not, and, and that doesn't mean I quit trusting Christ as my Savior, but that means if I don't believe, that, that if I doubt Christ, if I doubt what God has said, listen, you say, well, who in the world would do that? People do that all the time. The Bible said he can't deny himself. Why? Because he's in me, and he can't turn his back on himself. There's trust there between me and the Lord Jesus Christ. There's trust. There ought to be trust between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13.5 says, Let your conversation or your manner of life be without covetousness. Don't go through this life wishing you had everything else everybody else has. Trust God. Amen. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will, ne- I will neither leave thee nor forsake thee. God said, I won't ever turn my back on you. I'm your friend. And you're my friend. There's trust. You can't lose what you got. I don't care what any other denomination out there will tell you. You cannot lose your salvation. You didn't buy it, therefore you can't give it back. He bought it. He gave it. And once it's yours, it's yours to keep. You'll never, ever, ever see God want his salvation back. Number six, there's encouragement with a best friend. They encourage you. God will encourage you, folks. Psalm 28, verse 7, he said, The Lord is my strength. I ain't got none. I'm weak. I don't know about you, but I'm weak. Amen? I, I'm a man. I'll admit that. I'm a weak man. I, I'm physically, I can lift some weight. I can do all those things. I mean, I'm, I'm physically, I have some strength. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about on the inside. I'm weak. I'm weak. I fall down a lot. I struggle. I have problems. I have, I have lasting effects of sin that I have to fight against every day because I lived sinfully for a number of years. I have to fight against that. There's temptations that come in life. 
But the Bible says, Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. He's my protection. My heart trusteth in him. My heart trusted in him, and I'm helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. Philippians 4.13, I'm sure you know it. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. In other words, all the things in my life that I'm not strong enough to do, Christ gives me strength to do them. First, Second Timothy rather, 1.7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Where does that come from? That comes from trust in what he is and who he is and what he'll do. That's a bond that I have with him that I know I'll never be let down. Number seven, I said there's eight. We're almost down to the end. Malachi 3, 6. There's, I didn't give you the title on it, but there's steadfastness. God doesn't change. He never changes. Steadfastness. When you got a friend, I know, hey, everything else may go wrong in my life, but guess what? If I'm in my moment of need, you know what I can do? I can call my friend. And they're going to be there for me because they're steadfast. 3, 6, for I'm the Lord thy God, I change not. I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. He doesn't change. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor's not in vain in the Lord. God's not going to change on you. Just keep on serving him because God doesn't change. And the last one, there's empathy. There's empathy. I dare say maybe somebody in this room don't know what that word means. So I'm going to tell you. It's different from sympathy. Sympathy and empathy are very close, but they're different. <coughs> I've never had cancer. Praise God, I've never had cancer. Years ago, Grant told me, he said, I've got pancreatic cancer I could sympathize with him I felt bad that he had cancer I wanted God to heal him of the cancer and I prayed for him I sympathized with him but because I had never had cancer myself and gone through it myself I could not empathize with him How many, anybody here had cancer before okay, I got one anybody else well we got a good that's a good percentage in here a small percentage but you know what you can empathize with Grant She's had cancer. Y'all can y'all know what each other's gone through. You feel what he's felt. You feel what she's felt. That's empathy. Because I've done been there before myself. Hebrews four, fourteen through fifteen, talking about our best friend. He says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, that's Jesus Christ, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us Hold fast our profession. We ain't going to let go of what we got. I ain't, my testimony doesn't need to be tarnished. I'm a believer. I'm a, I'm a child of God. He said, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, our weaknesses, our struggles all through life. It's not like Jesus doesn't know what we're going through, but he was in all points. All points, everything you've ever been tempted against, Jesus Christ was faced with that same temptation just like we all are, yet without sin. Don't say, ah, nobody knows what I'm going through. Yes, he does. He can empathize with you. Nobody understands me. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. 
In James 2, 23, I'm going to read. That's my last scripture, but I want you to listen closely. Don't, don't tune me out because we're almost done. Hear me. James 2, 23 says this. And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. Abraham was called the friend of God. Now, why was Abraham called the friend of God? It's because Abraham knew how God felt. I heard this song years ago, which explains what I'm trying to tell you right here. God told Abraham, take Isaac up the mountain. There make him a sacrifice to me. I know tears fell down and breath was hard to come by. As Abraham was knelt there on his knees. So hand in hand they headed up the mountain. And he thought about the thing that lay in store. Like shattered glass inside his heart was breaking. Cause he'd never known a pain like this before. Too soon they reached the spot where they were going. And he laid Isaac down on his deathbed. His heart raced as he drew the knife to strike him. Then a God of mercy stopped him and he said, I just wanted you to know exactly how it feels to watch a son you love walk up a lonely hill to feel the pain inside as your heart breaks in your chest to lose the very thing that you love the best Now you walk the walk And I know you understand The price that must be paid To correct the sins of man And you'll know just how I feel When they walk him up that hill I just wanted you to know And you'll know just how I feel When they walk him up that hill I just wanted you to know Now that song expresses The fact that Abraham He took Isaac up there And the spot where he was told To lay down Isaac and sacrificed him is the very spot where the cross of Calvary stood. Why did God have Isaac, um, Abraham and Isaac go up that mountain that day? Because God 
wanted to show salvation to Abraham. God wanted to reveal his plan to Abraham. God wanted Abraham to feel what he felt. God wanted Abraham to be able to walk in his shoes and say, now I see what you're doing. You're going to sacrifice your only son for me. And Abraham knew, and Abraham had felt it, he had lived it, he experienced it, and God said, you are my friend. So let me say this in in conclusion. You see, when we become friends of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I've commanded you. When we become friends with the Lord Jesus Christ, we get to know him on a deeper level. And we love as he loves. How do I do that? You love who he loves. We're honest with him. We don't try to hide our sin from him. No, we come to him. We confess it daily because we don't want any distance between us and him. He's our friend. He's our best friend. We don't want to be separated from our best friend. So we're honest with him. Lord, I failed. Please forgive me. I want to walk with you today. Please. I don't want to be separate from you all day trying to wander through this life, trying to figure it out on my own. God, I'm going to make a mess. I need you. We learn to laugh about the right things. Laughter's good, but when it's, when it's done right, when it's at the right things, not about filthy things, not about dirty things, but about the right things. And we become generous like he is. We're ready to give anything I can do to help the Lord's cause. I want to do it. Why? Because he's my best friend. We learn to trust him with everything in our lives because we know he would never harm us. He would never mislead us. Why do we want to wrestle our lives away from God and say, I'm going to figure this out on my own and I'll use you when I need you. No, I need him every moment. That's why the songwriter wrote the song, I need thee every hour. Find encouragement in him. And in his word, he's promised us, made promises to us that he will keep and he's never failed to keep. And because he doesn't change, we can trust him. He teaches us to rest in the stability of our friendship. And his stability becomes our stability. And lastly, because there is empathy, we share in his love for lost sinners. Because I know, I know he feels everything I feel. And I know what he's done for me. I know that he died for me. He laid out his life for me. So I, knowing that he knows what it's like to lay his life down for me, I don't have a hard time laying my life down for him because he did it for me. And I can come to him and say, Lord, I don't know. I'm going to make a mess of it probably, but Lord, I'm going to put it in your hands. Oh, God, help me. I'm weak. I'm, I, I need your strength. I need your wisdom. I need your help. I need understanding. I need you to hold my hand. Oh, Lord, no, no. I need you to hook your arms under me and, and hold me up till I learn how to stand. Because there's that empathy. Because I feel what he, he feels. You see, he said there in verse, in, 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 in verse 15, he said, Oh, you're not servants. You're not like people that just work for me. No, you're my friends. He said, people just work for somebody. They don't tell them the whole plan. They just tell them what they need to know, and that's it. Boss doesn't call you and tell you everything he's got going on. He just says, here's what I need you to do today. No, it's not how God works. 
God brings you in. He shows you the whole thing. He said, this is what we're doing from start to finish, and I want you to be involved in every part of it, and I'm going to help you, and I'm going to give you all that you need. I'm going to equip you with everything you need. I'll be your strength. I'll be your power. I'll be everything you need. Here's the whole thing. You know, it's Father's Day, and I was thinking, how does this apply to my daddy? I found a way. You know what my daddy used to tell me? Boy, I want to be your friend, but you're forcing me to be your daddy. Get with the plan. Amen? I want to be your buddy, but you're making me be your daddy. Get with the plan. If God, I can translate this, God is saying, I want to be your friend. Get with my plan. You get with my plan, you'll find out how good things can be. Because there's empathy, we need to share his love for lost sinners. And we'll let him use us to be his witnesses. He said, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. God came and made me his friend. God came to me. He said, I want you to be my friend. I did everything. I I want you to be my friend. I died for you. I gave my life for you. That's how much I want you to be my friend. I love you. He said, you've not chosen me. I've chosen you. Now, I'm not trying to get into a whole predestination thought right now, but let me just say this to you. God, God, God knew us all before he ever made this world, before he ever said, let there be light. He knew every one of us. He knew everybody's ever going to be born in, in the whole span of, of time and creation. And he knew every detail about every one of us. And, 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 and he didn't make us robots that had to believe on him and had to trust him, but God can see down through time, and he saw who would and who wouldn't. And those who would are his chosen. And he knows that already. That doesn't take away your free will. No, God just knew what you'd do with your free will when given the opportunity. And he said, you've not chosen me. I've chosen you. And look here, and I've ordained you. I've empowered you. I've equipped you. I've made you a representative of mine. You're my friend. You represent me. We're called ambassadors. You don't, I don't think we understand the full scope of that title. Ordains you that you should go and bring forth fruit, produce. What did he do? Everywhere he went, he went about. The Bible says, doing good, lifting up those that were down, healing those that were sick, raising the dead, healing them, saving them. Everywhere he went, that's what he did. And God says, You go and do likewise. I can't do it without you, though, Lord. He said, I know. You need me. I'm your friend. And I'll be your friend. And if you go and do what I need you to do and let me be your friend, you'll be my friend and we'll be tight and we'll be friends and you'll understand what the abundant life is all about. These things I command you, that you love one another. I said this last week, but there's people in here today that wasn't in here last week, and I'm going to say it one more time. Love one another does not mean just the people you go to church with. There are people in this town, there are people in the town you live in who don't look like you. They have different color, different nationality. You know what? They're people too. You know what? They need to be loved too. You know what? Jesus died for them too. And you know what? We're representing Christ to them. And we either represent him well or we don't represent him well. And I'm going to tell you something. Decades have gone on 
decades have passed with distance between us because of unfamiliarity. I don't want to say nothing to them. I don't know how they'd react. They, they're like, well, I don't want to say nothing to them. I don't know how they'd react. And so uncomfortable uneasiness builds up between them. And all it would take is somebody stepping over and, and loving somebody for Christ's sake and saying, how you doing today? God bless you. Just want to tell you, Lord loves you. You know what? That'll do more good than you can dream of. That breaks down all of that uncomfortableness. That's being a friend of Christ. So I can tell you right now, Jesus went to people that the, that the upper crust said, how dare he? How dare he? Run with them sinners. Hang out with those vile sinners. They hated him for it. But I'm here to tell you, if we're going to be followers of Christ, we're going to have to humble ourselves and reach out to those that nobody else wants to love on. That's what it means to be his friend. And he'll help you. It ain't easy to start, but once you start, oh, it gets a lot easier once the ball gets rolling. He said, you're my friends if you'll do whatsoever I've commanded you. So my question to you is you stand together with me. As we stand together, what are you going to do with what you've learned today? What are you going to do with what you've heard today? Are you going to just stick it in your back pocket and go eat dinner and forget all about it? Are you going to do something with it? God is the one who's, who's given the message. I'm just, I, I'm just the paper boy. God's the editor. He wrote it. He wants you to get it. He wants you to take it. And, you know, it's one, it's one thing to get wisdom, but it's another thing to get it with understanding. You can hear it. You can take it in and go, oh, that's a good thought. But it's another thing to put it in shoe leather and use it. And when you begin to do that, you'll find out how good a friend Christ can truly be. We're going to go to the Lord in a word of prayer, and we're going to sing a song of invitation. I'm not necessarily worried about you singing. I'm, I'm really more concerned with us doing business with God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, I, I pray you take the message, the things that were said this morning, and I pray, Lord, that people make some decisions in their heart. Lord, if they truly want to be your friend, if they truly want to be your friend, Lord, you do the work in the hearts I can't do. And, Father, we'll give you glory. We'll give you praise. Father, Holy Ghost of God, I pray you work right now, please. Lord, these altars are here for people to come and pray. Lord God, there's places for people to pray all over this building. I, Lord, I ask you, please, send revival. Send revival. Break hearts. Convict hearts. Use us for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing 313. If God's speaking to you today, I urge you to come and do business with God. Please. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry Everything to God in prayer. I want you to sing it last. Are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care? Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take 
take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise forsake thee? Get to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. Solace, that means a comfort. It's a place of comfort, and that's what he'll be. He wants to be all that to you. I urge you today, consider, consider your life. Are you truly being his friend? Amen? Amen. Sure glad you come to church today. Amen? And I hope, I hope if your daddy's living, you get on that phone and call him up and tell him just how much you appreciate the sacrifices he's made for you, all the wisdom he's gave you. Maybe your daddy ain't perfect. You know what? Mine wasn't either, but I sure love him. Amen. He's in heaven. He, he, ain't, no, he ain't honoring no more. Amen. I'm thankful for that. But I thank God he's with Jesus. Amen. And if he's not, if he's not here, I wish you'd hit your knees and thank God for the memory. Amen. If you are a daddy, do something with it. Don't waste it. It's a precious gift God's give to you. Amen. Any word from anybody before we dismiss this morning? I know I kept you a little bit longer, but anybody anybody got anything they want to say for we? My daddy, I talked to my daddy for years. He wouldn't accept you. But at his funeral, the preacher said, his shoulder did not fall long he died. He did accept you. Amen. Amen. My daddy my daddy was the strongest and toughest man I ever knew. But cancer had racked his body and he was just a dried up little man. And I remember it like yesterday, sitting there in his office and he was talking about, you know, God could heal me from all this. I said, Yeah, Daddy, he could. But he might not. I said, And if he doesn't, are you trusting Jesus to take you to heaven? And of course Daddy wasn't gonna humble himself in front of me. But his answer was, I can't see no other way. And I, you know what? That's good enough for me. He couldn't see no other way but Christ. Amen. And I believe my daddy's in heaven today. And it's a joy to know. Amen. If your daddy's still alive and you don't know Christ, I urge you to get on the phone and talk to him. Let him know that Jesus is the only way. Amen. All right. We're going to be dismissed. Be back tonight at 6. We're going to get back into the commandments of Christ on loving our brothers and sisters in Christ and how to do that effectively according to the Word of God. Come back tonight and get something. And uh, thank you for coming this morning. Appreciate every one of your visitors. We're glad you're here. And hope you come back and be with us again. We're going to dismiss, and I'll see you back tonight. And Grant, dismiss us. Father, it's a good thing. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.